Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. On this episode of Newt's World, the film Sound of Freedom has become the successful blockbuster hit of the summer. Released on July 4th by Angel Studios, The film stars Jim Caviezel playing the role of Tim Ballard, a former government agent turned freedom fighter who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue dozens of children from human trafficking. And I have to say, it's a powerful story of heroism and is a testament to the freedom of those who stand up against evil. And Sound of Freedom is resonating with audiences everywhere. It's total domestic box office as we tape this is over $125 million and counting. Here to talk about The Sound of Freedom, I'm really pleased to welcome someone who Callista and I got to know in Rome when she was the ambassador to the Vatican, Eduardo Varastogui. He is executive producer and also plays Pablo in the film. Eduardo, welcome and thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Mi hermano. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for the interview. And I'm just so excited to be living right now the Mexican and the American dream together at the same time. And I have to say, just for the record, that you and I share a mutual admiration society for Vince Haley. And I'm going to make sure he knows we talked about you. Well, he's our brother. I met him several years ago since Bella, when I met Bella back in the days in 2000. That was my first movie that I produced where I was the lead actor as well, a pro-life film, powerful pro-life film. And that's when I met him. I'm talking about 2007, 2006, 2007. But I got to know him in a deeper level a few years ago. What an incredible human being. He's a mentor to me. He's a mentor. He's an advisor. He admires you as I admire you. You're a mentor to us as well. But we're family. And Vince, if you're listening to this, brother, you're doing such an incredible work for this country and for the world. God bless you, man. That's great. Well, and I have to say, by the way, that Vince was the driving force behind a movie Callista and I did called Nine Days That Changed the World, which is about Pope John Paul II going back to Poland in 1979 and having such a huge impact that he changed the country and really shattered the power of the Soviet Empire. And in many ways, I think what you've just done with the sound of freedom is a remarkable impact that is going to dramatically shift this country. And I'm curious, because apparently this is all based on a true story. I mean, this is not fiction, but this was a real event. Can you talk a little bit about Tim Ballard and the true story that it's based on? Well, when we finished with Bella, as I mentioned before, my first movie that I produced and made with Alejandro Monteverde, he's another Mexican filmmaker. He's a genius, Picasso, Michelangelo, great filmmaker, great director, great writer. And when we finished with Bella, then we started working on another movie called Little Boy. And this is 2015 when I'm showing Little Boy to a group of friends. 
Next thing you know, one of the guys who, you know, who were there at the screening, Paul Hutchinson, he introduced me to Tim Ballard. And Alejandro and I met Tim Ballard eight years ago in Los Angeles. When you meet true American heroes in real life, and they share with you in details what they do to save children. I mean, these people are ex-Navy SEALs, ex-CIA agents, and these people travel around the world undercover, rescuing children who were kidnapped for sexual exploitation. When they explain to us in details what these children are going through, I was in shock. I couldn't sleep for days. They were telling us what these kids, what they're going through. I mean, we're talking about kids that are five years old, six years old, seven years old. These kids are being raped 15 times a day for many years. And then when they don't want them anymore because they're not fresh meat anymore, that's the vocabulary that they use, these perverts, they go to the second business. They open them and they sell their organs. So when you hear things like this, wow, you cannot look the other way around. You cannot remain silence anymore because silence motivates these criminals to keep doing what they do. And evil triumphs, evil triumphs when good people remain silence. And when good people remain silence, they're not good people anymore because they're part of the problem. So I didn't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. And I remember when Tim Ballard looked at me and looked at Alejandro at that time, eight years ago, he said, it's very sad what I'm telling you guys, but it's more sad now that you know it if you do nothing. What are you going to do? And that's when I realized that, well, we have a weapon of mass instruction and inspiration. Film, movies. Movies can move people. Art has the power to change people's lives forever, for good or for bad. It depends how you use it. So I told him, well, you know what? We want to make a movie about it because how come if this is a global problem, especially U.S. and Mexico? U.S. is the number one consumer of child sex in the world. Mexico, the number one provider. How come if this is the most powerful country in the world, you guys have the technology, the intelligence, the army, the police, everything. Why don't we finish this problem? How come we don't finish with this problem? And Tim Butler said, because it's not a priority, Eduardo. It's not a priority. Well, and I'm not the solution. He told me, I can be the solution for one child. And of course, you save one child, you save the world. Thank God we are in the thousands. We're the solutions for three, four, five thousands. But we are talking about millions of children. This is beyond us. This is too big. This is like, well, okay, so how can we solve this then? And then that's when he told me, we need a movement. We need a movement, a movement from the people where we raise our voices and we said enough is enough. And then we all working together. We put pressure in government. We put pressure everywhere. There's no more excuses for people to say, oh, well, I didn't know. Now you know. What are you going to do it? So we need a movement. But before you commit to make a movie, Eduardo, I need to be very honest with you. We have a lot of friends, yes, but we have a lot of enemies. We are fighting an industry that produces more than $150 billion a year. So just so you know, it is dangerous. We have a lot of enemies, and those enemies will be yours if you commit to do this. Are you okay with it? And I remember when I closed my eyes and I said, well, what if this is my son? What if this is my daughter? What would I do? I will do everything. Everything. And I will hope that the entire world will do something with me. I hope that the entire world would stop everything they're doing so they can help me to find my son, right? So that's my motivation. I don't want to wait until this tragedy comes to me for me to open my eyes and to wake up. I want to wake up now with this information that you're giving to us. So yes, I'm willing to give my life to sacrifice everything to save the children. God's children are not for sale, as you said, Tim Ballard. So I welcome your enemies, my friend. Let's start this adventure together. And that's how the whole thing started eight years ago. A movement called Sound of Freedom. It's been eight years of work for two hours of your time, which is what the movie lasts. And I can't believe that now the movement is happening. When you started, when you got into this, were you surprised at the scale of child exploitation that's underway and particularly underway in Mexico? No way. I didn't know anything about, I mean, I heard the phrase human trafficking, you know, a lot of people use it, but it's very big. It's generally speaking, you know, I thought we were talking about maybe children in India working hard, you know, instead of being with their families and going to school, you know, I heard, you know, cases of, yes, sexual exploitation cases here and there, but I didn't know the magnitude. I didn't know how big this was. I didn't know about how millions of children you know, are being kidnapped for sexual exploitation. I didn't know about violencia sexual domestica, sexual domestic violence. 
I didn't know that this is happening in every sector, the political sector, religious sector, in the family. I didn't know that in Mexico, more than 57 children disappear every day, more than 21,000 every year. This is the official numbers. I think it's a lot more than that. But one child, one child is enough for the entire world to do something to protect and save these children, these children, this child. So little by little, I started knowing in details what's going on in this industry, child trafficking, sexual exploitation, child pornography, for example, 60% of child pornography that is consumed in the world, it's produced in Mexico, in my country, a Catholic country, where Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared almost 500 years ago. I said, there is no way I'm going to be quiet. There is no way I'm going to remain silent. And then when I commit to do this, it was really difficult, a lot of obstacles. From day one, when I started knocking doors to raise the funds, the first thing they told me, you know, ah, Eduardo, I'm sorry, but, you know, this is a very dangerous topic. You know, I have a family, we have children. Precisely because you have children, you have to do this. Don't wait until this tragedy happens to you for you to wake up and to do something. Do something now so it never happened to you and never happened to any other parents. Wake up, wake up. Well, 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 well. So it was really, really difficult until finally we found the right people who they were like, of course, we're in. We're with you. This is a teamwork. And then we finished the script. It was almost three years of work just to make sure that the story will touch people's hearts that the story will be told in a poetry format so people can digest the message, so people can see the entire movie without walking out of the theater because it's too graphic or something. And then you have children on set, they're actors with their parents. So you have to protect everyone's mind and the purity and the innocence of the children who are actors who are on set. So it was a very difficult script. But Alejandro, as I said, what a genius, alongside with uh, Rod Barr, which is the other writer, they created a masterpiece, in my opinion, a script. Then after that, the second challenge was to find the actor. More than 20 actors passed. Hollywood didn't want to be part of this movie. And literally, I visited every agency, every agency, meetings and meetings and meetings for a year. They were passing. Ah, this is not for us. This is not for my client. You know, this material, you know, my client didn't respond to the material, whatever, you know, so many answers. But it was all no, 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 until finally I told Tim Baller, hermano, you know, nobody wants to get involved in this. So who do you want to play you? Do you have any idea? I was hoping like he doesn't mention any of the names that I already visit and they say no, right? So who do you want to play you? Who is your dream? And he said, Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. I'm I'm serious, brother. He's too expensive. (laughs) And then he said, I'm joking. Of course not. I'm talking about the guy who played Jesus Christ in the movie, The Passion of Christ that Mel Gibson directed. Oh, okay. Well, I I thought for a second you went crazy. So do you know him? He said, yes, I know him. I never thought about him because he's older than you. He doesn't look like you. I was looking for someone that, you know, is your age, same height and everything. No, 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 no. I don't care about He, of course, has to be a great actor. And he's an amazing, incredible actor. But more than that, he's a godly man. He's a brave, you know, he has a brave heart. I don't want an actor who just, you know, we pay him. He comes to set, he finishes the movie, he comes to the premiere, and then he move on to the next project. No, I want an ambassador of freedom who stay with us forever. And that guy has the heart for that. Please go and ask him. Okay, so I sent him a text message, and I thought he was going to respond to me like the typical Hollywood actor answer, you know, call my manager, send the script, and we'll call you, right? And then nothing happens because we're independent filmmakers. We're against the establishment. We're against the current. He answered right away, let's meet tonight and Alejandro Monteverde and I we met with him pitched the story he started crying like he was like very touched very moved and he said I mean I mean and send me the script he read the script that night he called me the next day and that's how Gene Caviezel got involved and the adventures that are right there after three and a half years I as a producer of the film I thought okay well I have a true American hero I have an amazing writer and director I have an amazing actor okay we're moving we're moving Caviezel was so amazing when he did the Mel Gibson movie. I mean, he's so believable. He went through so much physical endurance to be able to make that movie to show the agony of Christ that he's probably almost the perfect person to be doing this film. Oh, I don't see who else will be better than him for this movie. I mean, he was born for this, just like he was born to do the Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of Christ, because I didn't see Gene Caviezel in that movie. I saw Jesus Christ. I I mean, he was talking to his eyes. And that movie, I mean, when I saw it for the first time, The Passion of Christ, I mean, it moved me so much that I was crying for days. And somehow 
that movie inspired me to do what I'm doing now. And I never imagined, I never thought in a million years that one day, another hero of mine at that time, Gene Caviezel, that I was going to be not only, me, you know, get to know him, becoming brothers, but not only that, working with him in a very important movie, like 20 years later, where he not only plays Tim Ballard, but when he says in the movie, when someone asks him, and this is a line that came from Tim Butter, of course, but when you see Gene Caviezel delivering this line where he said, when they ask him, why are you doing this, Tim? And then the camera is right there in his eyes and he answered, because God's children are not for sale. It's almost like God is telling you this. It's almost like the guy who played Jesus Christ now, again, he's impersonating Jesus Christ and telling the audience and telling all of us, like, because my children are not for sale. I mean, it, it was just so powerful to have the guy who played Jesus Christ now saving children with us. And what a brave man when Gene Caviezel is a guy who, when he says yes to a project, is not just half yes or 80%. It's like, I'm going to give my life. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to like sacrifice everything. I don't care. I just want to save children. I have three children and I'm just thinking that any of my children will be missing. I will die. I mean, of course, I mean, and he, this guy's been working since day one. I mean, for him, it's been five years almost, because for me, it's eight years, but for he came when the script was ready. So five years pushing the movie, motivating all of us, because it's very difficult when you spend so much time in a project and nothing is happening and people close the doors on you and you have two options only. Either you give up, either you just, I can't do this anymore. You know, this is just too much and I have to, there's many other projects and I'm and I'm 100% attached to this one, but it's, it's not, the experts are saying that this is not a good movie. The experts are saying that this movie, nobody will go and see a movie about child trafficking and you start doubting. Or you have the second option where now, you know, this is about saving lives. I will never give up. I'm going to fight until the end. I don't care. Even if I die in the try, at the end of the day, men are called to give the fight, right? Only God gives the victory. So... For me, the victory is just being faithful to God. Mother Teresa said we are not called to be successful. We are called to be faithful to God. That is our success. Now, if by being faithful to God, success comes, it's a blessing. Let's use that blessing to change the world and to make a difference in people's lives. But if it doesn't come, never compromise your faith, your values, your integrity in order to obtain what the world thinks success is because that success doesn't come from God. So for me, it was very simple. I'm Catholic. Okay, so I go to Mass every day. I pray rosary every day, and I ask God for the project. And I consecrate this project to Our Lady Guadalupe, and I was free, and I was in peace. It was difficult moments, of course, we're humans, but we always have peace, like, okay, so even if this movie saved one child, it's all worth it. And saved more than one child already, because when Gene Caviezel said yes to me back in the days, when he called me to say yes, he said, I have just one challenge, Eduardo. My wife, she's not feeling comfortable of me going to Colombia, because I think she's so... Colombia, Narcos Colombia on Netflix, you know, these TV series where they portray, you know, Pablo Escobar and all these criminals. And these TV series, they do so much harm to our countries because a lot of people, they think that that's who we are. And now the majority of the people of Colombia, the majority, the great majority of the people in Mexico, they're good people. I mean, look what happened when, meet, when good people of Mexico meet good people of America and they shake hands and they work together. What is the result? Sound of freedom a movement that is designed to save lives. Now, what happened when the bad people of Mexico and the bad people of America meet and shake hands? Fentanyl, culture of death, child trafficking, cancer. Of course, we have good people and bad people everywhere, right? But this TV series focuses on the bad and they put the camera in the bad all the time instead of putting the camera on the good stories to inspire people that Wow, what an amazing heroes Colombia has. What an amazing heroes Mexico has. No, these guys, they are destroying the reputation of our countries. But anyway, so she said, no, I don't want my husband to go there. So I called Tim Ballard and I said, I have a good news and a bad news. The good news is Gene Caviso said yes. What is the bad news then? Well, uh, his wife saw Nargos Colombia on Netflix, I, I believe, and, and she is a little afraid that something bad will happen to her husband there. What can we do? And he said, well, tell them that the 30 ex-Navy Shields will be enough to protect him. I pass the message, green light. We're in Colombia filming. As a producer, I know who is on set. We have like 200 people on set, extras, actors, people from the production, and these 30 ex-Navy Shields. But half of them disappear. 
on the third day for almost five weeks. And I was like, well, I'm not going to mention anything to anybody because I don't want to scare anybody, but where are these guys? Then finally, I'm like a month and a half later, I'm reading this local newspaper from Colombia that it says that the Colombia government arrested some traffickers and safe and rescue more than 200 children who were kidnapped in Cartagena, Colombia for sexual exploitation. And I'm like reading the whole article and then I run to see Tim Ballard and I said, look, brother, like in the movie, very similar. Look what happened. It's happening. It just happened a few weeks ago. And he smiles and he said, that was us. So what? Eduardo, we were walking on the streets and these guys approached us and they started telling us, hey, Americanos, gringos, you want señoritas, young girls. And they never thought that we were experts on rescuing children. And we follow up with them. Yeah, you know, we have more Americans coming and we're just, you know, we want a little action with the young girls. How many young girls you have? Oh, how many you want? So they start asking help from the police from Colombia. Make a long story short, they started this operation, underground operation, and they gave all the credit to Colombia because they have to keep working with us on set for protection. And it was dangerous for to take all the credit because they knew that we were filming the movie. But can you imagine while we were filming the movie, more than 200 children were rescued because of these 15 ex-Navy SEALs that didn't show up on set because they started this operation, underground operation in Cartagena, Colombia. This is how God works. Thank God for Jean Caviezel's wife, who said no in the beginning, who we thought was a bad news, turned out to be the best, the most amazing news ever because of her no. Tim Ballard was inspired to bring these guys, and because these guys were there, 200 children were rescued. That alone, I said to myself, even if the movie never see the light, the fact that 200 children were rescued because we're here filming this movie, it's a miracle. All glory to God. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Newt. In my new book, March the Majority, The Real Story of the Republican Revolution, I offer strategies and insights for everyday citizens and for seasoned politicians. It's both a guide for political success and for winning back the majority in 2024. March the Majority outlines the 16-year campaign to write the contract with America 
explains how we elected the first Republican House majority in 40 years and how we worked with President Bill Clinton to pass major reforms, including four consecutive balanced budgets. March to the Majority tells the behind-the-scenes story of how we got it done. Go to Gingrich360.com book and order your copy now. Order it today at Gingrich360.com book. When you talk about not seeing the light, I mean, there was a period when very powerful forces basically tried to keep your movie from ever reaching the American people. I mean, that must have been very frustrating. Oh, wow. That was the biggest challenge ever because, I mean, what a test. What a beautiful training. I mean, now I can see it. But at that time, it was painful. Now I'm grateful that it happened the way it happened, right? But at that moment, you don't see what's going to happen later. You only see the pain and the blood and the frustration and so many tears of sadness that these experts are not responding to the material. Right when we started filming the movie, I made a beautiful deal with Fox Latin America, with Carlos Martinez. He was the uh, head of Fox Latin America. Great guy, a patriot, brave heart, brave soul. He loved the project. He said, Eduardo, let's make a beautiful deal. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a sequel. It's going to be a TV series. It's going to be a documentary. It was a 360-degree powerful contract that I was like, wow, this is too good to be true. Maybe all this sacrifice, all these years now is pain, right? And it was just... Literally, it was too good to be true. When I signed the deal, I needed more funds for the movie because some of our investors, they pulled out at the last minute. And Carlos Martinez said, don't worry how much we're talking about. And I mentioned the number and he was not as scared. He said, let's just keep doing this. Eduardo is too important. It's about saving lives. And he gave us what we needed. What happened after, when we finished the movie, Disney by Fox. Disney, when Disney bought Fox, all my friends, all the angels that I have, that I had inside of Fox, they left. So now I am in Disney with no protection, with no friends, with no angels inside. And I'm thinking, what's going to happen now? And they saw the movie several times and they told me this movie is not for us. Sound of Freedom is not for us. It's not for Disney. Okay, so, well, then give it back to me. I said, well, yes, but we have a contract here. So... Let's negotiate because you have a debt that you have to pay. I know, but you promised, well, not you, but Fox, but now you own Fox and you own my contract and you said that you were going to do a documentary. Are you going to do a documentary? No, we're not interested in a documentary. Okay, but then I signed the contract based on all these promises and you said that we were going to do a TV series. Are you going to do a TV series? No, we're not interested. Well, then let's negotiate. This is when COVID hit. I'm in Mexico and negotiating with this company, the biggest company in the world, you know, and it took me a year and a half back and forth until finally I rescued the rights of the film. And then I started knocking doors again, Netflix, sending emails and knocking doors in Amazon, Netflix, other distribution companies, and all these people saying, this is not for us. This is not a good business. I mean, all this no, no, no in my face, all these doors closed in my face. And what am I going, I mean, what am I going to do? I know the kids are suffering right now. I live in Mexico now, and I know that this is happening. And I cannot wait until this film comes out for me to do something. So we started doing this tour in Mexico, this campaign against child trafficking, where I started calling every governor. I didn't care if they were left, right, up, and down. This, this is about children, not about politics. You know, so, yes, Eduardo, how can I help you? Well, governor, you know, can you host the screening of this film? We don't know when it's coming out, but the film is finished. Can we host the screen and you're the host and you invite all the most important leaders of your state and then we show the movie and then at the end we sign this agreement where we commit to end child trafficking in that state and we're going to do this with every state in Mexico. We have 32 states and everyone said yes. So I started this tour with one hand but with the other hand and it was beautiful because it was showing the movie to like thousand leaders of that state. We were signing the agreement and then press conference and everybody was involved. People were touched. That's when I got my confidence back in the movie because I saw the people's reaction at the end, standing ovation. Some people were just crying. Other people were, were quiet in silence, reflecting of what they saw. And I said, hold on a second. The experts are telling me that this is not good, that nobody will go and see a movie like this, and this is not a good business for them. In the other hand, I'm seeing like 
thousands of thousands of thousands of people from all over the country, like loving the movie. I said, okay, who am I going to listen? The people or these experts in Hollywood that maybe some of them are part of the crime, right? So I'm going to listen to the people. I'm going to listen to the people. With the other hand, I started knocking doors again, again, and again, and again. And while I was doing this campaign against child trafficking in my country, one hand was raising awareness, putting pressure in government with the other hand, knocking doors and praying at the same time. I was praying the rosary with hundreds of thousands of people on, on my Facebook, on my social media. And I mean, we did more than 100 million rosaries in three years. And, and one of the petitions was to end child trafficking for the children, for this movie, Sound of Freedom, that one, that one day, that one day God willing would touch millions of hearts, right? Next thing you know, I got a phone call from Angel Studios. And I was, who, who is Angel Studios? Well, it's a small distribution company, perhaps maybe the smallest distribution company in America. They're in Utah, in Provo, a little town. I said, oh my gosh, God, well, what are you trying to do here? I mean, this is a humiliation for this movie that we did, that we consecrated for you. Now we're going to give this movie to Angel Studios in Provo, in Utah. They have never distributed a, a movie. Wow, okay, so, and then they tell me, Eduardo, we are your only option. And we believe so much in this movie. Please give us an opportunity. And I saw their passion. I saw their eyes. I said, okay, it's my honor. Let's shake hands. You know what? You guys are crazy. I'm crazy. So, but it's good, good craziness, right? So let's see how far we can go with this. And when do you want to come out, Eduardo? I said, well, maybe I was thinking this is four months ago only, right? So we signed the contract in five days. And I told them, why don't we do this on September 15, Independence Day in Mexico, so we can celebrate freedom with Sound of Freedom. I said, Eduardo, it's a great idea, but not Independence Day in Mexico, Independence Day in the United States. So what? This is July 4th. This is like tomorrow. We're not ready. I mean, have you seen the movies that are coming out? I mean, this is Disney, the biggest company in the world. You guys are the smallest one. And maybe they don't like me anymore because I took the movie out of them. They are going to humiliate us. They have Indiana Jones, more than $200 million budget. They have hundreds of millions of dollars of publicity. These guys are the mafia of the entertainment. They control the theaters. And then you have Mission Impossible later. And then you have the other one. And then the other one. There's no way we will survive more than two days. Have faith. You're from Mexico. You're here. You give eight years of your life. Eduardo gave, uh, I'm sorry, Alejandro gave uh, eight years of his life. Tim Ballard, Gene Caviso. I mean, everybody put blood in this project. Let's shake the conscience of America and telling them, hey, yes, with one hand, celebrate freedom, July 4th. With the other hand, let's do something to bring freedom back to the children that are not free. Together, we can do this. Let's do it, Eduardo. I say, you convinced me. I mean, we never imagined that a miracle was waiting for us. That July 4th, Sound of Freedom became the number one movie in America. All glory to God, my brother. How did you get into that many theaters just at a launch point? You know, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be five, ten theaters. Platform release kind of thing. Independent, you know, we're independent. We're the, we're, this is like David and Goliath, right? We knew that we were like this little, little film, with, but with a big heart, big soul. So the CEO of Angel Studios, uh, Neil Harmon and the Harmon brothers, I mean, because these three guys are like the three fantastics. I mean, they're, they're just amazing heroes. And, and, and they, 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 the, the work that they have done is just unbelievable. These guys are amazing. They told me, Eduardo, we're going to call the exhibitors. They're not very happy with July 4th, but this is a calling. I mean, we really believe that God is calling us to do the release on July 4th. So I think that when they see the film, they may change their mind. And instead of giving us, I don't know, a few theaters, maybe maybe we can get more than a few theaters, right? So they, they did that. They showed the movie to them. They were really moved and touched. This is the exhibitors, right? And, and some of the managers of so many theaters around the country. And they, they started with, I, I don't know exactly the numbers, but we end up from few theaters to like more than 2,000 theaters. The small ones. I mean, we didn't have like the big ones. Uh, we didn't have a budget to put like posters and billboards all over America. Of course not. We put maybe, I don't know, five billboards in the entire country. I mean, something very small, like nobody, it was impossible for people to see that this movie was, uh, 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 you know, in theaters, right? So that's why I was very, I'm, I'm a dreamer, but at the same time, I'm realistic. 
So I thought, you know what? We'll see. If we maybe worldwide we can do break even. So we can start a movement after the theatrical release. Maybe, but I was dreaming with the movement, like, you know, organic movement, like 100,000 people here, 100,000 people in, other, you know, in another country. That, and, and I was pleased with that. I was like, wow, we're going to start this movement. And even if it's just one week in theaters, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I was, everything was positive at that time for me because we finished the film on budget, eight years of work. Now we have distribution, movies coming out in 2,000 theaters, more than 2,000 theaters in July 4th. What? I mean, come on. This is already the American dream, right? Uh, but the miracle happened. I mean, the people show up. Uh, people show up, and, and we beat Indiana Jones, the biggest company in the world. We represent, by the grace of God, Goliath, David, and Goliath. We were the David. and But the people, all the people, when they show up, we all became the David. And you know the story, who, you know, who... who who, uh, who wins, right? And then uh, then I thought, okay, this is a miracle. All glory to God. Thank God for all the prayers of so many people. You know, the sacrifice of everybody. Beautiful. But it's going to be just one week because Mission Impossible is coming out next Friday, right? And then, boom, we're there again. And then we're there again. We had one goal. Two million people for two million children who will be trafficked this year. That goal was so huge, so big. It was almost impossible. I remember when I told Neil, the CEO of Angel Studios, I say, well, two million people. Why? I mean, you should keep that for you and for us only, a secret. Why you put it out there? If we don't get there, we're, we're going to be a failures. Have faith, Eduardo. And I know, I know, I know. It's not like I don't have faith. It's just I want to be smart in how we do things. And uh, But, okay, I forgot. You're crazy just like me. Let's do this, right? Ten million people. And it's growing. Word of mouth. It's all word of mouth. It's people, you know what is happening? This is what is happening. And this is the miracle. So people are going to see the movie. When the film is finished, they're so moved that they are, they are motivated to pull their phone out and they videotape themselves and their hearts speaks to the camera, right? And then they share that video with tears, emotions. We're, and they, because they realize that this is not a motion picture. It's an emotion picture, Right. So they share the message, the, the review to everyone. So imagine one shared that with 100 and then another one with 1,000 and other one, other one, other one, other one. And then I realized, hold on a second, Eduardo. Yes, you have billboards. Yes, you have posters all over the world, all, all over the nation. I'm sorry. It's the people. The people are becoming our posters and our, and our billboards, walking, living billboards, right? Um, and that's why this movement, no one can stop it. It's too late. They try to stop it. They try to... Uh, block this message they start like the liberal media you know some of them not all of them but some of them they started like attacking the message of the film don't go and see this movie uh this is a conspiracy they're promoting lies they're promoting this and i'm like wow this is ridiculous these guys they should apologize to these children who their lives was at risk they should apologize to the millions of children that are suffering they should apologize to the people who rescue everything to rescue these children they should apologize to these people who rescue everything to tell their stories. And, but you know how, the, how God works. Even those attacks, even the bad things that happen to the movie and are happening to the movie, the people that are, and I think this is the pedophile industry. I mean, who are the only people who doesn't want you to see this film? The people who are involved in the crime. I mean, I don't have a other explanation because I always share this this vision, even though I'm conservative, even though I'm at about, you know, practicing Catholic by the grace of God, and I have my views and I'm, you know, pro-life and everything. But I always say this. Imagine this little house full of children and the house is on fire. And then you have this fire truck coming from one direction. And then you have another fire truck coming from another direction, from another direction. And then when they get right there in front of the house, one driver tells the other driver, this is my territory. What are you doing here? And the other one answered, no, no, this is my territory. They changed the zip code. No, no, no. You want the commission. You're a thief. No, you're the thief. No. Ta, pa, 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 pa. They start arguing, right? When they finish arguing, the kids are dead. The children are dead. What they should have done when they got there is pull the water hose out, their water hose out, extinguish the fire together, save the children, and they continue with the debate. But they already did the most important thing, right? Well, in real life, we're talking about millions of children and they're on fire. And my invitation to everyone 
I don't care if you're left, right, up and down, center, whatever you are, whatever your ideology. I know we have so many differences in many other things. I know we're fighting, you know, in other issues. But here, please, 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 in this issue, I want to invite everyone to put their water hose out. Let's extinguish the fire together. Let's save the children. And then we continue with the debate. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You know, it's interesting. You actually went to Bedminster and President Trump screened the film. What was that like? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I told him the same thing I'm telling you. I said, Mr. President, when the good people of Mexico, I mean, let me just tell you the story. Two Mexican filmmakers, Alejandro Monteverde and myself, Eduardo Verástegui, two Mexican filmmakers who we want to save lives. When we meet with two American heroes who wants to save lives, Tim Mallor and Gene Caviezel, when we work together, shake hands, what is the result? What is the fruit of that? Sound of freedom. What happened with the bad guys of Mexico and the bad guys of America? Meet, shake hands, and work together. Child trafficking happens. Fentanyl, drugs, illegal guns, cancer. We represent the culture of life. Let's make America and Mexico free again. Let's make America and Mexico great again. Let's make America and Mexico successful again. And let's heal and save our countries together. We're not just neighbors. We're brothers and sisters. And he was moved. He was touched. He saw the movie. We spent like at first, like almost two hours just talking, you know, in the early dinner, just talking about everything, you know, how we can fix all these things that they need to be fixed, right? And then he introduced the movie, and then he saw the movie. I was just next. It was him, Tim Ballard, Jim Caviezel, and myself, and 200 guests, friends and family of him. When the film was finished, he stand up, and he said his heart spoke, and he was moved, and he was touched. And, and then he did a podcast right after that, and said, this is the least things. I mean, this is the less I can do for, for this. I mean, we need to 
and child trafficking. And then two days later, he put together a video, like literally saying, when I become president, I'm going to ask Congress, you know, the death penalty for traffickers. And these people are destroying some, like, thousands of families. They're stealing the innocence and the purity of millions of children. And parents are being destroyed. Can you imagine just walking into your house, opening the door of one of your children, and then you see an empty bed? And it's very likely, 99% chances that that son of you, that daughter of yours, never come back again. That's not, that, I mean, that's not right. And we need to do something. And I know with his leadership, he will do whatever is in his hands because he knows that he will have the army and he will have the intelligence and he will have the police and he will have the budget and he will have everything to do something. And he did a lot when he was president. And I think now that this movement is growing where he knows that he has the people and he, I think together we can end this. And I'm just so grateful that he hosts this screening. God bless him. You know, he's a busy man. You know, I've been sending invitations to all the leaders of the world and all the politicians, both parties. You know, they're not responding. Very few are responding. And the first responder was him, President Trump. He was the first one to say, hey, let's do this in my place. And I'm just so grateful that he hosts the movie in his place and he's willing to act on it. Calista and I are joining Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Capitol Hill this week. He's going to show the movie for members of Congress. And I think it's going to have an impact on Congress's understanding of the human cost of some of the things that we've tolerated. Frankly, I'm going to appeal to President Biden to show the movie at the White House. I think that this is not a partisan issue. Everybody who cares about children should care about the sound of freedom. And if they don't show up, they're telling you who they are. They're telling you, you know, that's why this movie is like an exorcism. <laughs> Somehow it's opening the womb. You know, it's opening uh, a lot of things. It's bringing the, com it's forcing to have this conversation that people didn't want to have before. You know, the conversation is there right now at every level, at every level. And I think this is, this is the hand, I see the hand of God here. This is, this is a teamwork. This is a movement that no one can stop. We're talking about millions. They can take me. They can take now, you know, Gene Caviezel. They can take Tim Butter. They can take millions of people, millions of people. And this is just the beginning. You know, I, in August 31st, the movie's coming out in Mexico and all over Latin America. Um, then a couple of weeks later, it's going to be all over Europe. We, we received like, I don't know, 700 emails the other day where 90 countries, I mean, literally the whole world, asking for the film because they have the same problem in their country. But maybe in the beginning, they were, they were, they were afraid. They, they didn't want to talk about this. And now they're talking. This conversation is having, uh, you know, this conversation is, is taking place all over the world. And after we show the movie uh, in Washington on this, I mean, this Tuesday to all Congress, uh, both parties, I think something's going to happen. I, and I hope I can touch the heart of Washington with this film, because if you touch Washington, you touch America, you touch the world. We're talking about the most important decision makers in the world. And it's all about making decisions, making the right decisions, because when you make the wrong decisions, you, you have an impact in the destiny of, of, of the country and in the world, if not forever, for many years, for good or for bad. And I hope Sound of Freedom will resonate in their hearts. I hope Sound of Freedom will put this issue as a priority issue. So instead of sending $100 billion, $100 billion to Ukraine in this war, uh, hold on a second. You know what? Fentanyl is killing more people, more Americans and more Mexicans. The war is here. The problem is here. Let's fix our house first. Let's fix the relationship between our two nations. And then we can see what's going on around the world. But if your house is not fixed, if your heart is not fixed, how are you going to be fixing the problems of other countries? No, you start in your house first with your children. Then you can be a light for other, you know, for, for you can lead by example uh, to other countries. But first, we need to fix our problem here. And we can, we can, but you need the goodwill first. And I think this movie can be a light in the darkness. It can touch the hearts of the decision makers. And I'm praying to God every day that that screening will be a, uh, an important screen, an important presentation, and it can be a, a, a before and after, I think. Now, let me ask you one last thing, and you've been very generous with your time because I know how busy you are. There are strong indications that you might, as part of this process, end up running for president of Mexico. That would be a daunting challenge, uh, at least comparable to making this movie. Is there anything you can share with us about how you're thinking about it? Well, Mexico is not doing well right now. 
I love my country. I moved to America 20 years ago, and I experienced the American dream. This country, the United States, has been such an amazing blessing in my life. I'm very grateful to this nation because it opened the door to my dreams. And I'm very grateful to this nation, and God bless America, and God bless Mexico. In 2015, I moved back to Mexico with my movie Little Boy, and I started traveling around my country, 32 states, listening to the people, talking to my people. My plans, the goal was just to go to Mexico for two weeks and come back to Los Angeles. I didn't come back. I stayed in Mexico because I realized, first of all, I learned a lot of great things in America living here. I know what the American dream is. Now I'm back in Mexico and my heart was like literally like screaming to me, like it's time to build the Mexican dream with the people of Mexico. And I started dreaming in a day where no Mexicans have to leave their country anymore because of lack of opportunities or necessities. You can leave if you want to, but it's an optional, personal option, personal option, right? Not because you need, not because you have to, or you need to, right? And then I started, I, I started like realizing that our country is a rich country where a lot of poor people are living. There's something that doesn't make any sense, right? Corruption is the answer, of course. And there's many other things, but corruption, corruption, corruption at a very high level. Then I realized, then I realized that, hold on a second, we're a Catholic country governed by anti-Catholic government. They're supposed to represent the majority of the people, but they don't have the same belief system. So there's something wrong here. Then I realized that, hold on a second, the majority of the people, including myself, were tired to see these politicians, these political parties, who are destroying and raping our country for decades, for decades. Same people, same political you know, parties, promising the same things, Promises that false promises that they, they never deliver, you know, and then again and again and again and again and again until enough is enough. So when I started doing that, people start asking me, Eduardo, so if you really love your country, if you really care, uh, why don't you, I mean, I know that you've been working with this combination, politics, art, ethics, values to serve the nation, but you always do it from your, you know, from the artistic from the artistic field, right? But maybe maybe it's time for you to uh, move to the other side and maybe do something disruptive. You're an outsider. He said, no, you know, I'm not a politician uh, and I don't believe that you have to be a politician, to, a politician to serve. I've been serving since the day I made this promise to God that I will never use my talents again to do anything that will offend my faith, my family, or my Latino culture. And uh, I've been doing it with art. I mean, Plato said, if I have to govern between if I have to choose, he said, if I have to choose between art and politics to govern a nation, he said, I would choose art because art has the power to change people's, you know, to touch people's hearts and change their minds. Therefore, how they live, how they behave, how everything. So I'm, I'm doing that in, in, the, in the field of filmmaking. Yes, but maybe, I don't know, think about it. So, and then more people start asking me and then more and then more. And I, and I, I didn't want to listen because I don't have, you know, uh, that's not my dream. That's not my vocation. That's not what I think God wanted me to do until when I finished Sound of Freedom and then I started doing this tour again, this campaign against child trafficking. And then I did another uh, tour with this other movie called Unplanned, a pro-life film. Again, touring my country, 32 states. We did 32 premieres with 1,000 people you know, in, in each premiere. And I was talking about being pro-life doesn't mean only to defend the babies in the womb. That's the most important war that we need to win, right? Yes, but we don't finish there because sometimes we are false accused that pro-lifers, you know, after the baby is born, we don't care. That's not true. Being pro-life means that we need to take care of those children who are living in the streets. Being pro-life means that we need to take care of those children who are victims of child exploitation and sexual exploitation. Being pro-life means to take care of those teenagers who are suffering from addiction. So when I was talking People start raising their hands. Hey, Eduardo, want to be part of the movement? Yeah, go to a, you know, on plan, hash, hashtag on plan or hashtag, you know, sound of freedom. No, the movie comes and goes. What's next? What's the legacy? How can we all come together and, and you know, do the right thing and build the Mexican dream that you're talking about? And that starts touching my heart. 
and my soul. And my mind start like reflecting on any potential possibility, you know. But then, as, as I always do in every project, I go to discernment. I talk to my spiritual director. I pray, I fast, and I ask God, please let me know if this is coming from you or not. If it's from you, open all the doors. And if it's not from you, close all the doors. So, make it on story short to give you an answer. I'm thinking about it. I'm praying about it. I ask the people of Mexico, all the people who pray with me the rosary every day on, 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 on social media, you know, from from few days, from from few weeks ago, all the way until September 15, we're doing this fasting and prayer. So I can do God's will, not my will. So, and I told President, you will be, after my mother, the first one to know, and you will be the first one to know. I have to make the decision very soon. I have to make a decision very soon. So I'm asking God to please help me to make this Decision is if it's a yes or no. At the end of the day, it's not about good intentions. It's not about what I want to do. This is my dream. If I do it, it's because I love God and I love my country. And I'm willing to die for God and for my country. But he has to give me the green light or no, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. So please pray for me. And, and whoever is listening to us right now, please pray for me so I can answer soon, number one. But number two... Only if it is God's will, because if it's not, it will be a disaster. You know, I want to obey God. I don't want to obey my feelings or my thoughts. I just want to obey God. So please pray for me. Calista and I will have you in our prayers, whatever God leads you to do. And you've already been a great influence for good. I encourage everybody to see the sound of freedom, because I think that they will be stunned at how effectively you've communicated the pain in the world and the opportunity to relieve a great deal of that pain. I want to thank you for joining me. I also must say that the, you and your partners, including Alejandro Gomez Monteverde, have done an amazing job. And I look forward to your future projects, whether they are leading and reforming Mexico or they're bringing us another brilliant film. And I hope to see you in the next few days at a filming. And I am going to strongly urge President Biden to host a viewing at the White House. I think this should be bipartisan. This should be everybody who cares about children. And I think you have started something very real. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. And for more information on how you can be part of this movement, just go to our website, angel.com slash freedom, angel.com slash freedom. Join the army. Together, we can end this. God bless you. Thank you to my guest, Eduardo Verastigui. Sound of Freedom is in theaters everywhere now. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, Listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media media is on but we do it without the left-wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.